Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Are we enjoying histories? Is it making sense? Because I thought initially we started to challenge ourselves from what do we believe about these stories from, from, from our Sunday school days. But I think we've kind of just taken the topic and rolled with it. So this morning I was like, what is this about Samson that I know? So I thought, well, maybe you can tell me what you learned about Samson in Sunday school. And go. What do you know about Samson? Long hair. It's much like um, today. Was he strong or was he naturally not strong? What now? Come on, guys. Put your hands up. Was he strong naturally? Was he only strong in God? <laughs> so what did he look like? Did he look like the Action Bible, uh, Children's Bible, Samson? That's more like a superhero with seven locks. Eh? Or was he just like Duan? Just stand up, do so people can see. Tiny and skinny. Is Keith here? What are you saying, Sam? Speak up. He looked like Daniel. Oh, with the hair, of course. Yeah. Give us a flip there, boy. That was Sim. It wasn't me. I didn't throw him under the bus. I just said what Sim said on the mic. Remember, they were the first losers. <clears throat> we don't even get four. <laughs> what else do you know about Samson? Come on. He had a very bad girlfriend. How many times was this dude married? Twice. 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 He really liked women, didn't he? What else do you know? Thank you, Lainey. There we go. He ate honey. And where did he get the honey? Out of the lions. And we celebrated that story in Sunday school, didn't we? Because he just ripped that. What's that, friend? That's uh, Lainey. She's so used to being a judge president and having the gavel and the, the microphone. She felt overlooked. Love you, friend. Thank you for mentioning that. Honorary first prize to you. Your first run out. He, he tore a lion like a young goat. That's what the Bible says. I don't even know if I can tear a young goat. Huh? How macabre and how, how rough is that? He tore a lion like a, a young goat. Anybody here ever torn a goat? Not, not, not now, hey? Hopefully never. Then he ate of the honey and we were like in Sunday school. Wow, this man just killed a lion with his bare hands. And, and then he goes and he eats the honey and we're so excited about it. Do you know that was probably one of his first and biggest mistakes? One of the biggest mistakes. That's Scotty. What else do you know about him? We've on a little bit longer. What did he do with things that look like cats and dogs? The foxes, people. 
He caught three. I'm like, yeah, man, I don't want to give it away. Tiny wolves, big mice. He caught 300 of them. Have you ever thought, how do you catch 300? Now, they say the, 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 the Bible translated to foxes, but it was probably more like a little jackal type of animal that traveled in packs. I've been on uh, game drives. I've never seen a pack with 300. So, so this man, I don't know if he took days or that. And how do you catch those things without them biting you? And then tie their tails. Does it not blow your mind to think the effort he went through to get revenge? He ties their tails with, with uh, what do you call it? Flame, fire in it and sends them into the, the vineyards and the orchards and the wheat fields and it burns all. What else do you know about Samson? He was blinded. He cut his hair off. Yeah, let's skip that one just now. Delilah didn't actually cut his hair off. She called somebody else. Yeah, that is a deceptive, deceptive. I think she drugged him. You come, come with a blade near my hair, whether I'm sleeping or not. Hey, you better be quick. He slept right through somebody shaving all his hair off. Stoffel, is that even possible? No, it isn't. He must have been drugged. That's all I can say. Some nightshade or something that they put in the wine. But you know what's also interesting? That the last thing that you should remember about Samson is that he stood in a temple at the end of life and he pushed down how many? Yes, so I'm going to ask for the money back for your Sunday school teachers. Guys, they pushed the pillars. And the entire temple of their God came tumbling down. Now it's interesting to know that Delilah, that entire thing that she goes through, please tell me what makes you so strong. And then he says, no, you must tie me with new bowstrings. And then she goes, and he breaks it. And I'm, in my mind, I, also, I always thought the people were actually there when he broke it. But it seems like she just shouted, to test him. Hey, the Philistines are here. And then he would wake up and he would break it. And she's like, you lied to me. This woman was clever. She slow roasted him. The second time again, you lied to me. Ropes. Ties him with ropes. The Philistines are on you. Oh, you lied to me. Third time. If you take my hair and you put it into a, what's it, weave it almost like in a, a loom, then I won't be. The Philistines are on you, on you. They're lying and waiting, but they're still not coming out. Gets up, gets loose. And then she now really goes with everything in her. You don't love me. How can we be together when you don't even trust me with your secret? And he tells her if they shave it. And this time, she knows she struck, she struck oil. And she calls the Philistine and they're actually there to arrest him. And they take him. But so funny that our friend Samson doesn't learn a lesson quick. Because in the beginning, he is so torn and so distracted by the things of his eyes he, he tells his parents, go and find me a beautiful wife. The Philistine women are prettier than the Israelites. 
Now, let's be honest, the Israelites, brothers and sisters, had to marry to build a nation. There's a possibility that they weren't the nicest looking ones. So he goes and he looks at the nicer looking ones and he says, I want that one. Who knows? He gets married to a Philistine one. What does she do? She says to him, dude, why are you so strong? And he says, uh, I can't tell you. And the people say, you have to find out or we're going to burn you. We're going to burn you, the house, with your dad, with everyone in it, if you don't tell us. And, and the enemy doesn't come with new plans all the time. He's going to trip you up with you've fallen before. Learn that from Samson. They don't teach us that in Sunday school, do they? They tell us the action hero story sometimes. He's a naughty boy. Yes, he was a hero, but he would have been classified in the DC and Marvel um, universes as an anti-hero. Like one of those not-so-good heroes. Just becomes a hero because of what he goes through. And he was so distracted with the lust and the pleasures of his eyes. What are, what are the first things that they'd take from him? The eyes. And it seems cruel, but it's fulfillment of Scripture, isn't it? If your hand trips you up, chop it off. They want to hear that. The book of Judges is a book that, that's full of, ah, you don't want to read it because it seems like there was just nothing good. And then God raises up a, a person and then they're good for a bit and then, Ah, they fall into the same idolatry again. And then he raises up another person and, and they fall into it. And none of the judges were exceedingly good. You look at Gideon. Ends up making idols out of the ephod. There's murder, there's intrigue, there's revenge, there is, there is, uh, it's, it's, it's a horrible Horrible recount or, or, or a recount of horrible stories. Is that better? Makes sense. But we are parking this morning with our friend Samson. Judges 13, 3 to 5. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, the woman is his mother. We don't know the name. His dad was Manoah. Behold, you are barren and have not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. I want to say sometimes if God tells you something that you already know, it's possibly because he's interrupting what you already know with something that's going to change. You are, like, let me use this example. I'm, I go through life and I have my struggles with my sexuality and I'm dating guys and, and God says to me, you're going to have children. interrupts what I am. He says, you are confused, but you will have children. What has God said to you where he stated the obvious and you want to go, God, I know this. Lord, I'm really struggling at the moment relationally. He says, I know this, Lord. Be ready. Be ready because God is coming with an interruption that's going to change your future. He does this to the mother. He says, but you shall conceive and bear a son, not just a child, a son. Inheritance in the Jewish nation. 
Therefore be careful and drink no wine or strong drink, and eat nothing unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son. No razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistine. Context. Joshua and them last week we heard took the nation or the city of Jericho. Now they've gone into that entire area. Jericho was this in this. That size of a city in a massive land, a piece of land that's now known as Israel. Gaza Strip, uh, that, that East Bank, that, it's all there. So then the tribes would go and take cities and establish themselves. The Dans went there, and then the, the Zebulun went there, and Naphtali went there, and Asher went there, and Ishakar went there, and Ephraim and Manasseh went there, and Judah went there, and Benjamin went there, and who did I leave out? Reuben, thank you so much. And Simeon, thank you. Somebody was counting. So they've gone and established. And what is it that God does through this book of Judges now? He raises up a leader and that leader conquers that piece of the land. And then God says, annihilate the people that are there because I know you. I have traveled with you for 40 years. You are easily distracted and tempted. Get rid of the people and get rid of their practices. And this is what we see through the book of Judges. They then pick up an Asherah pole. And they pick up a a Dagon, another God. And they they start worshiping that and God. And then sometimes they forget about God and they just worship that. And God is saying you have to annihilate those people. And that's the book of Judges. So now you've got to ask yourself, what was Samson supposed to do? Answers in the scripture we've just read. He shall begin... To save Israel from the hands of the Philistines. What, who eventually takes the Philistines? David. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if God says to me, you're only going to begin with this. Because I'm like, oh God, I'd really like to see it completed. <laughs> I'm just going like, to be there for the start of it all. It's like sitting in the movie and not seeing the end. Anybody else feel like that? You know, God will trust us with people through this body where we will only see the start and not the beginning. God will use you to start something in somebody and you might not see the beginning. Are you okay for that? That simple word that you drop in somebody's life and say, do you know Jesus did this for me? Do you know this? And then they come and they ask you to pray and you pray and you never see them again. And then 30 years later on Facebook, What? This person is serving the Lord. I left Ranfantin. My cousin was a complete druggie. I see on Facebook, he's serving the Lord. I prayed over him when he was little. Chokirki. Sometimes we are only called to be the beginning. Sometimes we are called to be there for the end. But we still have to be faithful. The book of Judges describe how they go and they defile themselves and then God comes and delivers them from their own circumstances that they created and takes them back and brings them back and worship and then it goes backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. This narrative is recorded because I think God wants to say something to us as a people. He he didn't preserve the entire history 
in books, but he chooses to preserve these few stories. I think if we read, read this narrative, we should read that God wants us to stick to his design and his plan so that we don't have to face consequences. I've got a couple of points on the life of Samson. I promise I won't keep you long because I need to go and sulk about this Poikikos competition. I've called them the P's in Samson's life. The first three is where the Bible records. It says the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon Samson. That rush is to come and settle on a person to make the situation profitable. Isn't that lovely? When last did the Spirit of the Lord rush upon you? Oh, as a worship leader, I was so hoping this morning. Aye, another disappointment. The Spirit of the Lord comes and it rushes upon them. A couple of times in the Old Testament, we hear the say, it rushed upon Saul, rushed upon Okay, never mind. But it rushes upon our friend Samson. Judges 14, verse 5 to 7. Then Samson went down with his father and mother to Timnah. And they came to the vineyards of Timnah. And behold, a young lion came toward him, roaring. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. And although he had nothing in his hand, he tore the lion in pieces as one tears a young goat. The Spirit of the Lord sometimes rushes upon us for our protection. Now, I'm going to say a couple of things about the Spirit of the Lord rushing. I've, I'm not, it's not the exhaustive list at all. It's what I'm seeing here in the life of Samson that we should know. Are we walking so close with the Spirit that we can actually hear Him caution us? Yeah, so Ed preached a message the once about the goading, where we grow, we, we, we grow blunt and desensitized to the goading of God, to that spirit of God that says, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, I'll do it, consequences. Sometimes the spirit of God rushes upon us in a tangible way. Sometimes it rushes on us with a, a small whisper and that unsettling feeling. Who's, who's ever had that? It's for our protection. The next one, Judges 14, verse 19 to 20. And the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him, moves upon him to make the situation profitable for him. And he went down to Ascalon and struck down 30 men of the town. And he took their spoils and gave the garments to those who had told, uh, told the riddle. In, in hot hang anger, he went back to his father's house. And Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his best man. What was that? It's hectic, eh? I'm telling you, it is better than a soapy. He gives them a riddle. This woman tempts him into saying what, what, what the answer is and gets it out of him with her, her womanly ways and, and he falls for it and, he's, and she gets taken away. Given away. For me, this thing speaks of the purity that the Spirit of God would like to protect in us. He should never have gone and married a Philistine woman. 
But he was so distracted with the temptations that he lost sight of the purity that he was called to before he was born. You know, the Nazarites, it was something you would pick to do. It was like if I say to you, today we're going to fast. You can decide to fast or not. This, you could become a Nazarite for a certain course for a certain period. So uh, Terry would say he's going to take up the Nazarite vow um, uh, for four years, four and a half years, um, because he wants uh, the school to change. And then he abstains from wine and he can't touch something that's dead and he can't defile himself according to the law and, 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 and. And then when it's done, he would go and offer a ram, a goat, a lamb, a pigeon, everything. One for sin, the one for this, the one for wave offering, the one for this. And then this Nazareth vow is now fulfilled. This fellow doesn't have a choice. It is thrust upon him and said, you have to be a Nazarite. That's how you're going to grow up. Because if you do that, I will start to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines through your life. But this oak does not take purity serious in that vow that was given to him and taken for him. And he goes and pursues woman after woman. You know, the, the sad thing is that because of him, other people paid the price. Because he married this woman and she, she figured out the riddle and she gave it to him. Exactly what she tried to avoid, that they would burn her and the family in her house, happens to her. Because Samson then goes in hot anger and kills people to pay the price that he gave he wasn't pure in his sexuality. He wasn't pure in his motives. He didn't stick to his word. I mean, I ask you a riddle and you give me the answer. Now, because I don't like how you got the answer, I kill 30 of your friends. He's, a, he's supposed to be a man of his word. No purity of heart there, it would seem. But the Spirit of the Lord rushes upon us to remind us. Come, where's that integrity of heart? Where's that purity? Is what you're thinking pure? Is what you're doing pure? Is what you're pursuing pure in my sight? You know, according to the Mosaic law, that Nazarite thing was a vow that you took. I want to say in Jesus, all of us, when we've accepted him, we have accepted a higher standard. And as much as the Spirit is there to protect us, the Spirit is there to remind us to live in purity before God. The third P that we learn from, from our friend Samson. Fifteen, verse 14 to 20. When, when he came to Lehi, or Lehi, I don't know, the Philistines came shouting to meet him. And then the Spirit of the Lord rushed upon him. And the ropes that were on his arms became as flax that has caught fire and his bonds melted off his hands. And he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. They say it was fresh because a, an older one would have been brittle. And then he might only have been able to kill 500 people. And with it he struck a thousand men. And then in verse 17 it says, he threw away the jawbone. 
Spirit of the Lord rushes upon him in this instance so that he can fulfill the purpose that he was born for. Up until now, he's doing everything out of his own motivation. He goes and he finds a wife and then that doesn't go well, so he kills people because of himself. He does this because of himself. Here the Judites, his own people, tie him up and say, we'll deliver you over to the people. And he takes this moment and kills a thousand men with a donkey's jawbone. I don't know if that sinks in. We are 380 chairs on a Sunday. 400, I don't know. How many do we pack up? Round about there. So let's say today we are about 250 here. Four times as many as we are here this morning killed with a donkey's jawbone. The Spirit of the Lord will rush upon you to fulfill the purpose that you were born for. Now, I've got two more Ps. This is what God comes. He, he, he comes and He protects us. He comes and he, he reminds us of purity. He comes and He speaks to us about our purpose. The next P is the one that's not so comfortable with us as people and was very missing, much missing in Samson's life. It is where we pursue God. You know, there's this lovely thing where we hear God's voice and He speaks to us and He does things for us. And then it comes to things that He has told us to do. And we say, yes, Lord, you can do it when you are ready. This morning I felt before the service, like we do that with these, these Asheroth poles in our lives, these, these false idols. And God says, take them down. And he says, yes, God, take them down. And God says, take them down. Yes, Lord, when you're ready. Take them down. Anytime, Lord. Bring fire. I think sometimes God stands like a dad over us and say, you have to do it. Yes, dad. Say it. Yes, dad. But we don't pursue God in our actions. It's easy to say, I'll give money. It's easy to say, Lord, I'll pursue you in worship. But when it comes to those things that he has told us to get rid of and to do, yeah, we will much rather have him do it. Samson knew from when he was little. Guys, if, if there was an angel had appeared to me and spoke to me about one of my children. My children would hear about that every day. People at the dining room table visiting us will hear about, you know, an angel of the Lord told me this about this child of mine. It's a big deal. And he is told that he will be the start of destroying the Philistines and their heavy hand that they had over the Israelites. And what does he do? He looks for a wife. 
That one, that one, that one will do. He gets distracted by prostitutes. He gets distracted by his ego. He makes a riddle out of something he shouldn't have done. How arrogant is that? Isn't it how society looks at things nowadays? Ah, ha, 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 ha. I got so drunk I can't even remember who I slept with. <laughs> can't remember who I drove into. I don't remember how I got home. Fun and games of all these things that we are not supposed to be doing. And what we are supposed to be doing, that pursuit of, that, of God in that, we don't do. You know where the beauty of this thing comes? Is this external bravado that he had is stripped of him and he's made a, a blind slave to the, the, the Philistines. And the ones when he again pursues God in fulfillment of his purpose, God comes through. And he kills more people in that one instance than he did in any of the times before. They say three thousands of the lords of the Philistines died on that day. You see, God will help us with protection and remind us about our purity and remind us about our purpose. But when it comes to pursuit, we have to, in our actions, pursue what God has said, what he has called us to do. And then we come to the last P, where God and his will will prevail. Judges 16 verse 30, and Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. How sad. Because he didn't walk in the, the purpose that God had for him. He doesn't die a peaceful death in old age. Being able to say to God, it is done. And fulfillment of what his creator has called him to. Instead, he has to die with the very people that robbed him and, and mocked him and oppressed his people. How sad. And that's what we trade off, isn't it? But in the end, God's word and his will will prevail. What he has spoken over you will come to pass. He does not lie. He does not joke. Every word that he speaks will come to fulfillment. Unfortunately for Master Samson here, it was not the best design of the fulfillment, but it was still fulfilled. When we pursue God so that his will and purpose prevail in our lives, he brings to pass his best design for your life. You want to walk in victory? Pursue God. You want to walk in your purpose? Pursue God. Yes, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes we have to sacrifice things and, 
and give it up. And sometimes it feels like we've been blinded in the process and, and can't see wood for trees. But keep going in the purpose and the design for your life and victory will be your portion. For sure. I have a friend who, who is quite dear to us and things that happened in, in their lives and every now and again we sit and we have a meal and then we hear, God has taken me into a deeper level of healing. A deeper level of healing. A deeper level of healing. You want more victory in things that, that has hurt you and that you have done and that you are ashamed of. Pursue God. I implore you people, if we all pursue God's purpose for our lives, it'll go well with us as a people. Where's the Spirit of the Lord rushing upon today? Do you still feel His presence? Can you still distinguish between... <laughs> That feeling of I'm hungry and ah, it's the spirit. Is it just me? There's little butterflies in my stomach that says, Johan, what are you looking at? What are you doing? Or those butterflies that you get when you're excited about something. A Skype call. You can get to tell somebody about Jesus. Oh, so excited. Are you still able to discern that from your humanism? Isaiah 55, verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. This is my, my challenge now, separate from Samson, from me as pastor in this congregation. Seek the Lord when He may be found and, and look for Him when He is near. The most tangible place where God sometimes shows up is during our corporate worship. When we all devote ourselves to praising Him, declaring His goodness, and worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. Can we go into this new season for LRC and all say, when I walk through those doors, my sole purpose when I get into this place is to worship the Lord. Seek Him with all my heart. Can we do that? I'm going to tell you guys now something that's really helpful for somebody that preaches. When a challenge is thrown out like that, it is very helpful if the response is. Okay, and if you struggle with amen, you can always go, challenge, accept it. It's nice to interact sometimes. I hope that you've learned something from the life of Samson. I tell you, I, I didn't want to do Samson. It was, it was something that I was like, ah. God has spoken to me about, do I still listen to his protection and his caution? Do I still 
hear his voice about purity in all facets of my life? Do I still purpose in him? Do I pursue him? And do I understand that his will will prevail? And do I look for the best way that that will happen? Don't you stand with me, please? Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za.